by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Welcome in, Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And we're finally getting a little bit of spring. I jinxed it. We'll get a nasty stretch, but... You know, a nasty stretch is still a good stretch, Janet, to fish. That's right. You know, Drew, we talk a lot on this program about all the different kinds of, of fish that we have in Wyoming, particularly walleye and trout. But today I'd like to introduce yet another species that I think really adds to the diversity that we have in Wyoming, and that is catfish. And the great thing about catfish is You can travel great distances to catch them, but you can also catch them right here in community fisheries just off of Outer Drive in Casper. You know, when I was growing up, catfishing was what we always did. You know, we might catch a sunfish or we might catch a a bass or something like that, but catfish was our our go-to. We had catfish in our creek, and my grandpa didn't even use a pole at some times. He would go logging and just shove his hand down a hole and pull one out, but Uh, You know, Drew, it it does make sense that you would have a noodler in your family. (laughs) I did not have a noodler in my family. So catfish are actually kind of a new species for me. I know we've had them for for quite a a chunk of time as well. But um, nope, I'm glad that you can share your family knowledge and someone (laughs) else who can share their knowledge with us that's here today is Nick Hoberg. And he is one of our Casper Region Fisheries biologists who works a ton with catfish. Nick, I know that everybody always talks about the trout, maybe even a kokini and the walleye, but the the catfish is a kind of a special breed of fish. Oh, yeah, I guess you could say that, Drew. They're a little bit unique in terms of the habitats they use and the ways that they find their food. So the techniques that you would use to catch a catfish and the places you would go uh, in some cases are a little different from certainly from kokanee, but even different from walleye. When uh, when we're thinking about catfish, where are we thinking to go fishing for the catfish around the Casper region? Yeah, like around the Casper region. So even just within the city of Casper, we maintain channel catfish fisheries at places like Brine Stock Trail Pond, also known as Lake McKenzie. Um, Yesness Pond gets stocked with them in the late summer. And... Uh, I guess those are probably the two main places within Casper, uh, within city. But then if you venture a little farther out, we stock the North Platte River downstream of Dave Johnston Power Plant with them. Um, Then we also stock a a large number in Glendo Reservoir every year, um, along with a couple other small ponds within the region. So I know that uh, walleye stocking is something that may end up being a thing in the future. And how long will it take for catfish to really catch on here and not need stocked again? Or is it just kind of one of those species that you'll have to continue to keep doing that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question, actually. And it's one we've been working on uh, over several years. So channel catfish are native to the North Platte drainage and we're here, you know, prior to, to um, European contact. Um, They eventually were extirpated and we've been reintroducing them. So it's kind of a, it's a complicated issue, but we actually get the catfish that we stock from out of state trades and they're a a Southern strain channel catfish that grow really well in Wyoming and 
survive well, but we haven't seen enough natural reproduction from them recently in Wyoming to feel confident that they are, um, we don't, we don't really know, but it seems like they're going to need supplemental stocking into the future. Um, at least as far as we know right now. Do they run into to issues finding the food that they need? Because they are kind of bottom feeders, right? Yeah, they're def- they're a, sort of a bottom feeder. They're kind of just a generalist feeder. I mean, they'll even take a, a live minnow here and there if they happen upon it, on, if you were fishing with live bait. Um, but a lot of times they do just kind of eat stuff they encounter, you know, on or near the bottom. Um, but uh, no, I don't think we have any indication that they have any forage limitation. The ones we sample are in really good condition. They're really plump and um, just do seem to grow well and survive well. It's I think any any problem with them becoming self-sustaining has more to do with spawning and recruitment than, you know, once we stock them in at like four or five inches long, they'll grow and live a long time and do really well. So Nick, you mentioned that they were native to the North Platte River. So what has changed um, in the North Platte River since they were native that might affect you know, the spawning and reproduction habitat. Yeah. Well, a whole lot's changed as I think a lot of people are aware. There were a period of time in the early 1900s that the North Platte was not a very friendly place for a fish to live. And I think a lot of that water quality issue and water quantity uh, stuff led to them disappearing. But, uh, you know, now obviously we've done a lot to change the way the water temperature works in the river with the, with our reservoirs. Um, we've changed the physical habitat with, you know, we don't have near the silt and sand in the river that we would have in the past. A lot of that's kind of washed out and it's a lot rockier than it used to be. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons or a lot of possible explanations for why, um, the spawning hasn't been, uh, doesn't seem to be real successful, but we can't really point to exactly what it is. You had mentioned that, uh, you know, people may be out trying to catch walleye or, or in say Glendo and pull up a, a catfish because, well, they eat about anything, don't they? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I mean, even last spring I was crappie fishing in Glendo with a, a live minnow under a bobber and caught uh, two small catfish doing that. I mean, they just kind of, They'll eat live fish. They'll eat, you know, things that are dead on the on the bottom that they uh, encounter. Um, so, like in the spring, a lot of times we lose some fish to winter kill in Glendo, even if it's not like a big winter kill. And so those catfish go crazy um, picking up dead fish off the bottom of the river, and it can be a really either a really good time to catch fish or a really bad time. If it's a big winter kill, a lot of them seem to be pretty full and and not biting as well, but, um, on a more moderate winter, they, they're really active and ready to eat early in the spring. So when you're walking down the aisles of, let's say Rocky mountain discount sports, you go into the fishing section and there's one specific s- section that smells a little different. What, <laughs> what is it? A little different? Good, good description. Yeah. Yeah, there, what, what is it about the smell of say a, a stink bait or, or maybe a, an off smell that really attracts those catfish. Think about channel or catfish in general and the places that they live across North America. Like it's often more turbid water where it's like cloudy, not very clear. And they really, they can, they use their eyes a little bit, but they rely on their sense of smell way more to find food than their eyes. And so their whiskers are, are actually called barbels and they are a sensory organ that, 
basically, you know, feeds into their sense of smell. And, uh, you know, when you put out anything that kind of smells a little bit rancid or it's going to really stick out in that environment to a catfish that can detect it. And uh, it just smells like something that is very different from whatever else they're smelling. And uh, it usually piques their curiosity, I guess, is the intent there and to kind of mimic something that's a little bit gross and dead that they might be interested in. Um, so that's, that's, that's it. It's really capitalizing on how much they use their sense of smell as opposed to their sight to find food. It was one of those things that I wish I would have got my grandpa's recipe way back in the, in the day. And I don't know how he made it so rancid, but all I know <laughs> is there was peanut butter, corn flakes, and a few other different, <laughs> uh, ingredients that went into it. It, it looks so good. You almost eat it until you smell it. Yeah, that that sounds like some pretty choice ingredients. Yeah, there. I suspect there's parts of the country where everybody's grandpa has their own recipe that's the best, you know. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, a, a worm, you know, you toss a, a worm out and that's just something that simple. So really it can be yep. fun to take a kid out and, and really break them in just fish, fishing for catfish. Yeah, worms definitely work. And I mean, it can be that simple. Um, in the river and in Glendo, you're often going to catch carp with worms. And then with carp being a non-game fish, you could actually cut the carp up into pieces and just put a piece of carp out on a hook and uh, catfish will eat that too. And just, you guys brought it up and it's just a great time to remind folks that June 3rd is free fishing day across the state. So you can follow all the rules and regulations that go along with fishing, but you can fish without a license with the exception of the reservation or Yellowstone National Park. But it's also the day that we get to have the Yesness Pond Kids Fishing Day. And we have tons of great sponsors, the Community Recreation Foundation, the North Platte Walleyes Unlimited. We all get together amongst lots of others and celebrate kids and fishing. And it's a great opportunity to come learn some of these techniques, try some of these, because we do have catfish in Yesness Pond. So while we might not have Drew, your grandpa's good stink, maybe we'll have the <laughs> luck for uh, some of those kids to catch a catfish. Nick, you had mentioned a little bit earlier that at a pond like Yesness Pond, it's not until late summer that, that it will be stocked. But at this point, are there still a number of catfish swimming around there? Yeah, there should still be some in there. We, they were stocked. Um, I don't remember if it was last summer or the summer before, but I know last year at the free fishing day, several kids caught catfish at Yesness. When you're out catching these uh, catfish, obviously we know that there are lots of regulations and you have limits. What's the limit when it comes to catching the, the catfish and say Glendo or even Yesness? Yeah, catfish are a really simple one. It's I to my knowledge of the whole state is just six catfish. There's no size restriction or anything. It's just six catfish. So then you can have a catfish fry and, uh, and man, you, you're really in good shape then. Oh yeah. They're fantastic eating, especially, you know, anything less than 18 or 20 inches would be really good eating. And they, they just get, you know, not quite as good when they're super big. In my opinion, that's my opinion. Now, those size that would latch onto my uh, grandfather's arm, I mean, I couldn't eat those. They, you know, they just look nasty, but uh, catfish in general, like you said, are, are really good eating if you get them at the right size and, and the right time. Yeah, and I mean, that's obviously a personal preference thing too, but I, I mean, 
for like a medium-sized channel catfish, I would put it up against a walleye any day. But I know a lot of people are laughing when I say that, but I, I genuinely feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, what are you using when you're going out to to catch catfish specifically? What kind of a, a rigging are you setting up for that? Just a regular simple catch? Yeah, I mean, it can be pretty simple. It's just any way to get your bait on the bottom and keep it on the bottom you know in the, in the river sometimes you have to add or subtract weight to to keep it in place but uh um it's there's a term that is called a, a santee rig that you can google if you wanted to see what it looks like but it's i mean it's not that complicated it's kind of like a a couple ounces of weight and then a liter below the weight with a hook and a piece of bait on it so it just holds it to the down to the bottom that's the main key are you fishing directly on the bottom or are you trying to keep it up just a little bit off the bottom? I think either is fine, you know, depending on your leader length. And if there's, if there's current, you know, obviously it's going to lift your bait up a little bit. And I know some people will put a little float in between the sinker and the bait so that it does hold it like two or three inches off the bottom. Um, you know, it's like everything with fishing, everybody has their own secret and their own way that they think is the best, but I have seen both, but generally you're going to obviously want to be in pretty close proximity to the bottom. Even if you have it, try to lift it up off the bottom a little. If you're fishing a place like Glendo, uh, obviously Glendo gets pretty deep when you get, you know, out, out in the middle. Are you fishing more a bank side or uh, in the shallow areas more for catfish? Um, yeah, you can you can do some of both. Right now, the the bank fishing is pretty popular. It seems like in the upstream end of the reservoir near Elkhorn Bay and all that. I think especially, you know, if you could be there in the evenings, those fish cruise pretty shallow looking for food, and so you you definitely don't need to be in super deep water. Well, and that was going to be my next question is the time of day so an, an evening fish for catfish is perfect i think i mean i think generally speaking that's true but i know you can catch them any time of the day even in the middle of the day awesome well if you want more information on catfish of course wgfd.wild.gov is a great place to go and find all the different uh, varieties of fish because wyoming doesn't have just walleye trout and salmon there's a lot to choose from so get out and check it out and maybe head on into Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. We'll talk to Brian up next. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. And we're back. It's Brian Woodward and Drew from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. We're sitting here and talking fishing because, Brian, the weather is to the point now where I believe all ice is gone and full-on fishing is rolling it is fishing season for sure <laughs> uh, and looking through the store you guys are, are stocked up you got everything that anybody needs for fishing yeah guys are excited you know i mean grab a pack of worms and maybe some minnows and head to the lake and just uh, enjoy this nice weather while we've got it hopefully we assume that this weather is going to stick around again but you can't uh you know put all your eggs in that, ba that right. basket here in Wyoming, but uh, we're looking pretty good, especially when we're looking camping, hunting, fishing, all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, we had a little uh, rain last week, and that was kind of kind of nice, greened things up pretty well, mm -hmm. and uh, got some guys excited about mushroom hunting and whatever else they do, but um, 
Yeah, you know, the, the now we're just uh, let's let's enjoy the uh, three months of summer that we that we get and kind of work around those days of, of maybe some rainstorms and some uh, high winds. So we were uh, I was gone this past week and kind of took a trip back to the Midwest and they've been hunting mushrooms there for two months because right. the weather hadn't really sprouted up and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know here there are some folks that have their honey holes. And they keep the mushrooms, uh, their secret there, better than they do their fishing holes. It, it, it's right up there. They're, this is top secret information. And, uh, yeah, so it's. I almost think guys go out at night with headlamps just so nobody else will see them. <laughs> well, if you are going to go out and, and maybe put your hand in, in mushroom hunting or getting out and, and doing some hiking, uh, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is a good place to start to get all the products that you need to get out there. Yeah, you know, we're just, um, again, talk about, like, layering up and making sure you got the right the right gear because once you're on the lake or once you're out for your hike, you want to make sure that uh, you've got what you need so you don't have to make a trip back to your truck. But, uh, you know, guys that are hiking, you know, they're definitely liking the camelbacks and maybe trekking poles and, and that kind of stuff. And we've got some really cool uh, rain gear and uh, some uh, sun shirts and stuff from Striker Clothing uh, that just came in this week. So that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty good-looking stuff. And, uh, you know, I think we're just we're ready to just go out and enjoy some time. We've been cooped up too long. You know, one of the great things about the the apparel you were just talking about, the striker, is a lot of that is SPF. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's you hate lathering up or spraying on the well, you forget about it. But when you have these long sleeve shirts, I mean, you're keeping yourself safe from the sun. It's it's impressive, like just how well those shirts work. You know, they're, they're really lightweight. And you think because they're long sleeve or they have a hood that they're going to be heavy and they're going to be, you know, be hot to wear. But really, they're, they're kind of cool. They're kind of self-cooling. And, um, you know, a lot of times you know, you're wearing a baseball cap and your ears are exposed all day. And, you know, halfway through the day, you, you know, you're not going to re-lather up with mm-hmm. the sunscreen and putting that hoodie up and uh, lightweight hoodie. And it, it really cuts the heat really well. So Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed with those is they breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really important when you're out in the hot sun and. You know, making sure that that you're all you know ready to go, and you don't want to, you know, be overheated at right. that point. Right. But, uh, but if it's a cold day, you've got those things too to keep you warm. Yeah. No. It's uh it's important to be prepared because you know a lot of times this time of year, those afternoons we're going to start getting some thunderstorms kind of rolling in, rolling through, and a lot of times they don't last very long. But you got to be kind of ready to put on a pair of uh, bibs or whatever to break the break the wind and the rain so um, you know get yourself a dry bag throw it in the boat throw it in the back of the truck whatever you're going to do um have it with you you know i was uh, go- going through my wallet the other day and was looking at my fishing license and my fishing license expires 610 so june 10th mm-hmm. and a lot of guys probably are, are really in that stage right now but if my license uh, expires 610 i can go ahead and update that now can i yeah if you uh, go ahead and renew that license now it'll renew from that 610 so you're not shorting yourself any days you'll be good through 610 of 2024 right so it's always a good idea make sure you come by here rocky mountain discount sports and make sure that you, all of your licenses and your your uh, permits and everything because you know if you're going to go on any of the trails or anything like that you got to have those yeah you know and the other thing that we've noticed uh, so far um, on the on the reservoirs is that uh, Game and Fish has been out 
they've been boarding boats. They've been looking for fire extinguishers and throw cushions and life jackets and uh, all the safety equipment that you need. Um, if you pick up minnows, you know, make sure you have your minnow receipt with you. Make sure you have your license. Um, but uh, they're definitely on the water, and uh, they're they're checking people out. So, well, now is a good time to come on by Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Get yourself supplied up and ready to go for this summer, because I think we're going to have a good summer. We had a, a great wet winter, mm-hmm. and now a great you know medium heat, <laughs> lots of sun, fishing summer. Right. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew and Brian back, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And, Brian, the Wyoming Walleye Stampede is this coming weekend. Glendo is rocking. I saw that uh, all of the, the docks, except for uh, maybe Indian, maybe, is... I think uh, Elkhorn was pretty shallow, and, and Indian might and not Indian, be yet either. Yeah, so I, I think uh, everything is rocking and rolling there. So I know the anglers will be rolling in this week to start you know really practicing and kind of checking to see where the bite's at yeah we'll have quite a few guys that you know will take two or three days ahead of time so a lot of guys will start showing up you know wednesday uh thursday um pre-fishing you know just uh getting camp set up all that kind of stuff and uh glenda will be busy this next weekend now are are the entries closed or do you still have a little time no we take wednesday uh entries all the way up till wednesday night so they can pick them up and drop them off here at rocky mountain uh discount sports or they can probably you know if they're in casper they can certainly get them in the mail we'll get them the next day but um yeah we've we've got uh, plenty of room the fishing uh i think is going to be phenomenal um a lot of good fish, good quality fish have been caught already this spring. And with the water rising um, and warming up, I think it's really going to be uh, it's going to be a pretty dang good bite. You've gone down a couple of times and, and fished there, and I know that you've talked to some guys that have. As a matter of fact, when there was still ice on, they were pulling 28-inch walleye out, at least at, at one point. So mm-hmm. uh, everything you've heard so far, the the fish are big and I've, coming out i've heard a lot of just really good quality fish i mean i haven't really even talked to anybody that's caught a fish less than 15 at this point so we're seeing a lot of um, 18 to 21 22 inch fish and uh, definitely have heard you know those stories of some 27 28 inch fish um, you know being caught uh, most of those guys are releasing all those fish so that's really nice and uh, protecting those big ones but um uh yeah it's uh it, it should be great we were talking a little bit earlier about the, the levels that the, the lakes and reservoirs are at at this point. And Glendo, I think, is at 71%. Mm-hmm. So there's good water there. And, and uh, you were talking up, you know, Pathfinder and some of those, they're, they're starting to fill up too. Yeah, you know, there's a, I, I use, um, I guess, I'm trying to think, it's the Beer of Rec website. Um, they actually have all the, uh, they've got basically a map of the state, and then you can click on each reservoir. And I think when we looked up there at Seminole, it, it was, it was water was flowing in there at like, wasn't it 7,000? Yeah, 7,000. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of water in Seminole right now, and then it's uh, pretty much flowing straight through um, Cortez and Pathfinders getting about, uh, it's coming out at Seminole about 2,700 anyways and uh, flowing down through the plot at about 1,000. But by the time it gets down to Glendo, it's gaining speed and, you know, going into Glendo at, you know, 25, 2,700. So um, the water is definitely and the runoff is definitely coming. And uh, it's going to make things interesting with uh, the change in, you know, water levels, uh, water temperatures, you know, might be some debris 
floating in the lake so be cautious as you're going across the lake but um it's going to be an interesting year i mean i, I i'm really hoping that uh, those reservoirs get f- filled up and we don't uh, screw up this uh, water management system yeah no kidding we were talking that even up on casper mountain there's still two to three feet of snow in in some areas so oh, yeah i mean we're gonna have snow melt for at least another month yeah, we're going to start seeing like, you know, Bates Creek and Deer Creek and some of the some of the tributaries that come off of, uh, you know, Castor Mountain and Laramie Peak. Those those creeks are going to start flowing pretty hard. So a lot of that flows into the plot system and uh, it's just going to make things muddy and make it pretty interesting. So when something comes, you know, the water comes down like that, I know like Deer Creek, there's oh, there's bass in, in that area that people like to fish. Is there any concern of those washing out into the the plat and not concern but opportunity I guess for people? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's hard hard saying. I mean, it just depends on how fast this runoff comes. You know, I mean, if they start you know taking out some some dikes and some of these uh, you know you know edges of some of these ponds, you know, it's very possible that there could be some some fish that get intermixed into the plot system but i think for the most part you know we've seen this all before and uh, everything should be good and you know kind of business as usual so walleye we know that we're gearing up for that but then trout fishing and you did some of that this week where you went up to thermopolis and went on the wind river yeah um yeah we, we floated the uh the wedding of the waters down through town uh had a guide service up there that did a really good job and we caught you know a lot of good quality fish um i I always tell people like especially people that are traveling through and even people that live here you know if 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 you haven't had the opportunity to take a float trip with one of our local guides on the platte river you're missing out because these guys are experts at what they do they're going to put you on fish um they're going to cater to a, to what you need um if you know if you want to do a half day float or you and you want to try some wade fishing i mean they'll tell them what you want and they'll they'll figure it out for you but uh the fishing right now is phenomenal uh, guys are pretty cautious about fishing those reds, you know, the the spawning areas for those trout. But it is pretty fun when you're um, floating over them and you get to see all those trout just, you know, scooting away and skating through that, that shallower water. Uh, it's pretty neat to see. But we did catch some quality fish, and um, I think, you know, it's just going to get better throughout the summer. When, you know, you being a, a walleye fisherman and do a lot of wa- walleye fishing, but you've also done fly fishing, is it hard to get back on the uh the fly fishing path i mean it, it's anything that pulls your lines good i mean i it you know if, if there if we had better bass fishing i think you know a lot of us would probably you know target some bass as well but um especially when you're in a drift boat and you're working on with a guide you know you it's not you're not looking at a river runs through it you're not looking yeah. at you know these big 50 60 yard casts or something crazy i mean the the, the drift boats the guide's going to keep you uh rowing at the same speed as the current so that you know you you're basically just setting your line in the water and setting hooks so um they know what they're doing and and it's fun i mean we were well, you know, we had the Tough Man tournament last week for the North Platte Walleyes, and I sat on the sh- on the shoreline and and waited for boats to come in. And there was I watched quite a few people catch fish right off the shore at Oki Beach, just with a you know a worm and a marshmallow. So wow, yeah, I mean, they, there's people that are just it's just good to get out and have some yeah. fun. Well, going back to the the Tough Man, uh, how was the the turnout and the fish there? 
Uh, the turnout was pretty good. I think there was 37 boats, uh, 102 anglers total. A uh, little disappointing that there was only nine walleyes caught. Wow. Um, there might have been a couple smaller ones caught and that the guys just didn't uh, measure in or whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Game of Fish has done a pretty good job of uh, managing the walleyes in, in Alcova. Uh, there was a couple, the biggest walleye was only 21 inches, I think. And usually we see, uh, you know, 26, 20, I, I take that back. I think there was a 24 inch walleye. Um, but there was two trout that were caught that were bigger than that walleye. There was a, oh, wow. a 25 and a 25 and a half inch um, brown that was caught. And those were just gorgeous looking trout. So, so it was a successful tournament to really start tournament season. That's the one that kind of kicks it off on open water anyway. And then you got uh, this coming weekend. And then your next stampede is two weeks after? Uh, three, June 3rd and 4th. June 3rd and 4th. Mm-hmm. And then and that's the Glendo. Yep. And then you're uh, up at Pathfinder, right? No, we'll go to Seminole after Seminole? that in uh, July. Um, I think like middle of July and then our championship for the top 60 teams will be at Boysen Reservoir in August. Did you get a chance to look at uh, Boysen and what it's looking like right now? They um, they've dropped a lot of water out of there. They've got a lot of water a lot of runoff anticipated for that reservoir. So uh, it looks low now. Um, I think it's down 15 feet or something like that. So a lot of a lot of areas that you know especially on the Tough Creek side of Boysen Reservoir, you really need to be cautious. There's a lot of uh, big points that come out, little sand points and some islands and that kind of stuff that are just barely under the surface. So if you're running that Tough Creek side, uh, pay attention to what you're doing. And if you don't have um, a lake master or um, a chart for that map for that lake, it'd be wise to have one because that actually is uh, mapped out pretty good and it'll keep you out of some trouble. Well, definitely worth it. And, you know, get over there and check all these open water lakes out. It's going to be a good summer. Make sure you check it all out and come into Rocky Mountain Discount Sports to get your day and trip started. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Welcome back to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And we are full on in the hunting and fishing mecca of the United States. Obviously, everybody wants to come here and fish. Luckily, it's in our backyard. And as we just talked to Brian, lots of fishing is already underway. And the, the stampede is this week. But just announced last week, the Walleye League is coming back. And Jay Fountain is with us today. And Jay... You uh, you got her all put together, and you finally got everything, all uh, the permits and everything, and you're good to go. Received all the permits, uh, I do believe, Wednesday from the Game and Fish. It's 10 different ones for 10 different days, 10 different weeks. I was going to ask how, if you just got one for the whole, like, two months, or if it was just like that, one one per week. It would be easier to get one big one, but because we're alternating between Alcova and Pathfinder, oh, it's got to gotcha. be separate. So, and, and then you did that last year, too, where one week you're a Pathfinder, one week you're at Alcova. And how'd that go last year? I mean, did you have pretty good results with that? Yeah, a lot less results at Alcova. It's still a good fishery. There's there's some really good quality fish in there, uh, just a little bit harder. It makes it a challenge for the fishermen. I went out there with you one time last year, and, and I don't even know that we even got a nibble at, at one point. It was, it was pretty late fishing out there and trying to stay away from where the other anglers are at, you know, let them compete. 
versus just going out there leisurely fishing is it's a little bit different. When you're fishing evening like we do, because it's five to eight is pretty much the run of your league night, right? Yeah, check-in's at four. It starts at four. We launch at five, and then end of night check-in is at 9 p.m. Is it usually that tough at Alcova that time of day? For walleye, that's a really good time. Really good time. Um, in the late evening when the sun's going down is a really good walleye bite. Last year, you had quite a few people that were there every week, and did you get a lot of feedback on, on how it went last year? Well, uh, last year it brought a whole group of new people out as well, um, but they all built some really good camaraderie. Um, they really had a lot of fun, especially the kids. That's the main thing that I try to worry about is everybody just has fun and enjoys it instead of it always being a hardcore competition. This is a, a family-oriented deal. You build friendships. Everybody has fun, gets along. You know, it's it's pretty nice. The kids part of it is one of the things that you're really into. You want to make sure that the next generation of anglers are, are out there and they get started. So you even have, like, kids uh, divisions with a lot of this. Yep. Uh, we've got everybody that is 13 and under. They have their own separate category because they're not considered a, a licensed fisherman. So 14 to however old. As long as you got a fishing license, you're fishing with the, the adults. How many kids can be on the boat? As many as your boat is allowed to have. Okay, and they can all fish? And, and they can all fish, and they'll be all entered into their own category. Um, and that's a – I got to give a really big shout-out for this, too, because uh, Wagner's is helping out a lot on this part of it, just like they did last year, too. The sponsorship for the kids, is a big one comes from Wagner's. If you guys want, get in there and check them out. I know that they've got a, a shooting sale going on. Really good bait over there. Some really good tackle. Um, the Walleye League is going throughout the summer. How long are you doing it for, Jay? Starting May 31st on a Wednesday, and then it'll end. The last night is August 9th on a Wednesday, and that one will be at Pathfinder. Um, right now we're tossing around the idea of maybe doing a championship after that for the top 10 teams um i got asked about it last year and uh i was kind of just thrown into it last year so i i wasn't prepared for every single thing you know so this year is a lot better i had a lot more time to put some stuff together you know pick up some pretty good sponsors and last year was the first year in five years that you didn't fish in the walleye league was there things that over the, the, the prior years that you picked up that you're like, wow, I wish we did it like this, and then you were able to implement it? One, and that's the thing. That's how I was, I was doing all of this, uh, especially with last year. It, it really helped to uh, put all my ideas into perspective and, and how I should go about certain things and, and do certain things. But uh, the thing that I learned the most is how to be patient with certain things yeah you know um running a walleye tournament is it's pretty nerve-wracking you know especially doing it last year i did it all by myself i mean i had my kids helping me and stuff but uh crunching all the numbers quickly at the end of the night figuring out the winners and all that kind of stuff it there's different ways going about it that i've learned from the years of being able to do this now so so after having one year under your belt did you change anything from last year to this year? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of things that did change. Um, 
the some of the rules are going to get a little more strict on certain aspects. Um, I got a new computer program, so I can do faster weight crunches or length crunches at the end of the night. We're going to add biggest trash fish, carp or a sucker. Just so the the opportunity is there, no matter what you're catching, that you could be uh, pulling out a, a win on something. Well, and then, you know, last year there was a couple guys that hooked onto some really nice sticks, too, and reeled those in. and ah. Even took pictures on the wayboard. So, <laughs> so you, are those going to count? No, no, no. they they gotta be breathing fish. It has to be a fish. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> we start this in just a, what May thirty first, the first week. Do you have to fish every week to be competitive in in the league, or can you, you know, skip a week here or there? Well, the how it's going to be determined at the end of the year for your overall and uh, the end-of-the-year standings is it's going to be based off of five weeks. So if somebody, you know, somebody might work a week on, week off type thing, right. and they can only make five trips to Pathfinder or five trips to Alcoba, as long as you make those five weeks, fish as hard as you can and you do well, then you're still in the running for the top ten at the end of the year. So if someone is only there a few weeks of the 10 weeks, how do you figure up the end total? Is it weight? Is it measurements? The way that we do it is when you measure the fish, we add all those inches up. So instead of doing the weight to length conversion, we're just doing it by the inches. So at the end of the year, so last year, uh, somebody had ended up with, you know, 280 inches worth of fish caught. It just, uh, it's a faster easier way to keep track of all of that instead of converting everything. And that's going off of being just me doing all the stuff at the end of the night. Right. Is it a, a limit of five fish at the end or? Your top five fish, your five biggest fish. And and that's kind of the, one of the things too with it being at Pathfinder and Alcova. Like you can have a bad week at Alcova, but then bounce right back next week at Pathfinder. Yep. So what uh, what all do people have to do to, to get involved? Do they need to pre-register or? There's no pre-register required. There's no membership to this one. So it's open to anybody and everybody. Uh, there is a one-time $20 fee for that boat. So if you guys are, you know, three person to a boat, three licensed person to a boat, the children under 13, they're not considered another licensed angler on that boat. So you come out, you do the one-time $20 boat registration for the tournament, and you're good for the rest of the year. That just ensures the the hog trough boards that we use. And then it's a nightly fee, right? Yeah, there is a nightly fee, and that goes into the pot for the overall payout at the end of the night. How much does it cost to come out and fish for a night? $15. Fifteen dollars a person, and you can have max three licensed fishermen. Yep. So really, I mean, it, it ends up being a, a fairly cheap night of entertainment, really. Yeah, and it's usually got a really good payout, depending on how many people show up. All right. Well, where can people find more information? Now you have a Facebook page. Yeah. So there's a couple different places that you're going to be able to find the flyer and a copy of the rules. Um, the Facebook page. It's just a Wyoming Hunters and Fishermen Walleye League, and then on the actual Wyoming Hunters and Fishermen page. Just jump on Facebook. 
So, yeah, and that's probably the, the easiest. It's Wild Hunters and Fishermen Walleye League is your main page for the, the league. So it's easy to find that, and people can post their picks up and, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, you guys can ask questions. You can post pictures, make new friends on there. Um, it's a really, really good community spot, basically. I mean, it's just, you can share whatever you want on there. Just be respectful. All right, Jay, thanks again, and we'll look forward to hearing more about May 31st when it all kicks off in the Walleye League. All righty. I hope to see everybody out there. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors.